So our reading uh, this morning is from Mark chapter 10, uh, just a few verses reading from verse 13. And they were bringing children to him, that's Jesus, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to take you back a a good number of years because it's where I was led back to in my mind as I was preparing uh, for this sermon and this passage. And I'm taking you back to to when I was a teenager. Um, I had not long been a Christian. I'd come to faith uh, through a weekend uh, of young people gathering together in London. Uh, I'd been captivated by the person of Jesus Christ and his love and acceptance of me, his forgiveness of of my sins and and the life that he offered. And I'd, I'd said yes to Jesus and decided to follow him. And I was at a, a time in my life where I was working out what my future would be, what what it was I would be doing, uh, and what difference would this new faith make to those decisions. And um, there are a number of really influential people in my life at that time. I had an amazing youth leader, uh, or set of youth leaders, a couple who were phenomenal, encouraging my faith and giving me opportunities and uh, and creating opportunities for me and the youth group I was in to be part of of May and summer camps. And through those, I met some significant people. There was a really significant person who I met at a men's breakfast um, that actually I was invited to by my scouts group, which was completely unconnected. But uh, just the the way that the timing felt, I would end up going to Africa with this man um, and a group of others uh, a couple of years later. But early on in my faith, I remember being in church house in Hove, um, sat in a conference room with a, a small group of young people who were just embarking on a year out um, working for the church. I was working for uh, St. Luke's in Prestonville, but this was our sort of opening kind of time of getting to know the people who were leading that year out and, and other people who would be involved. And, and one such person was was a guy called Mark. He was hugely influential on my faith, as I've just said. And so he was leading us in this room in a Bible study. And it was a Bible study on this uh, very passage. And it became the first passage that I memorized the reference to. Um, It was the first one I, I I don't know, somehow was just able to remember uh, that it was Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, that it was the blessing of the children. Um, It was a really significant passage for me. And as I've gone on through the years, this is the passage I tend to choose to preach on uh, whenever I do infant baptisms or or anything really involving children. And uh, so it's a passage I've come to know uh, and love very, very well. 
And I remember as part of the study and the reflection that we did when I was a teenager, we were putting ourselves in the scene and imagining ourselves in the shoes of different people um, in the scene. So imagining ourselves as, as the disciples or as the onlookers or as the children themselves as they are uh, received by Jesus and particularly imagining ourselves as one of the children that's kind of picked up and placed in the lap of Jesus and, and blessed by him. And uh, we, we were just encouraged to think about um, really what it would have been like at the time for for those people who were there. And I remember being really inspired by that and really encouraged by that. And and over the years, you know, I've learned about the culture of the time. I've learned about the significance of what Jesus is doing. I've learned about the controversy that it would have caused by Jesus doing this. I would have learned, I've learned why the disciples and other onlookers would have, uh, would have tried to send the children away and why it is that Jesus accepted them and the significance and importance of that, about where that sits within Jesus' wider gospel message about the kingdom, all those kind of things that I've learned away, along the way. And a lot of those things are good. We'll come, we'll come to that in a, in a minute. But, but as I prepare, I, I kind of looked back on the time when I first sat there in that room with those young people, uh, my friends and peers, with Mark leading us uh, through this Bible study. And I was thinking about the innocence of my youth at the time, uh, the simplicity of faith that I had untainted by negative experiences or complex theologies or, or politics or good or bad experiences of life and church. And I just remember being in that room reading that passage and being captivated by Jesus. But I also can think back to that time and just remember Mark, who was leading us through this study. And Mark was was older than us by a good few years. But uh, he had been a Christian for, for a long while. But I remember just being inspired by his joy and passion for Jesus. You know, he's just someone who, who, and he still does. I, I haven't seen Mark for a few years, but when I when I saw him a couple of years ago, he still oozes this joy, this incredible joy for Jesus, but also this joy uh, for life and the life uh, with Jesus that that comes with life and 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 his love of Scripture, and he had this ability that that I've not seen in many people since. I've seen it in a few, but not in many. But it was this ability to simultaneously have fun with scripture, you know, a real joy of scripture, whilst also treating it with reverence. You know, he was able to just have fun with with what uh, what God was saying through this, this this kind of sense of joy that comes through through reading God's word and encountering Jesus through God's word and and just being able to just sort of see what scripture can do uh, as, as we allow the spirit to speak through it and with us and and, and through us and into our lives. And and just seeing that in his heart in his life seeing it spill out in how he led us in that bible study so that we could become just as excited by the passage and by what is saying and by what difference it makes to our lives and i know that mark is still doing that today i know i know that he still loves leading young people and anyone in in bible studies and it's really exciting and it's captivating and it's it's just brilliant to see that his passion hasn't faded and then in my mind's eye, I just I fast forwarded a few years, quite a few years to being in Bristol and training to be a vicar. 
And being at a service in a cathedral as part of uh, one of our placements that we did, and it was a midweek service of communion, and stood before us was a a very elderly, uh, retired member of clergy. And here before us was someone who, seemingly through the way that he carried about himself the way that he preached his sermon and and the content of what he preached on a passage that is equally as exciting as this one to me you know he was preaching I think from memory on the calming of the storm uh, and the walking it was just an incredible incredible passage but the way that he preached and what he preached and the content of what he preached just gave all of us who were there on placement a sense of there being a man who was so steeped in academic study, that he lost all the wonder of who Jesus is. He seemed to be full of cynicism of the world. He seemed to be cynical about everything and everyone. I'm not saying he was, but this is just how it came across as he preached a sermon that was for many academically unattainable and hard to understand with Greek references being used left, right and centre and hardly ever kind of backed up with with really why they were there. And there seemed to be even within him a cynicism of scripture itself. Like he was deeply questioning really whether he believed all this stuff. That his own studies had gone so far and so deep and down so many rabbit holes that he'd lost that sense of wonder and joy of scripture, but also of who the Jesus of scripture really is. And I remember sitting there in that cathedral, having heard that sermon and praying to Jesus, may I never, never lose that wonder. I think I may have shared that before. That desire that I have to never lose the wonder of God's word, but also the Jesus that God's word reveals. May I never become so cynical of the world, of of, of what's going on in the world, or or so cynical of scripture, or, or whatever it may be, of, of church, or whatever, that I lose the wonder of who Jesus is. May I be more like Mark who just had that joy and wonder of Jesus and his word and he was captivated by it and that caused us to be captivated by it and by Jesus as well and inspired us to want to study the word more. Uh, May I be more like that when I reach the age of the vicar who was stood before me in the cathedral on that particular midweek communion service. And I'm in no way uh, playing down the importance of academic study. There there are those who have pursued academic study and we are hugely grateful that they did because of what they inspire us and teach us to be like. You know, recently I was just listening to uh, something about the life and works of C.S. Lewis and and that guy was was incredibly gifted at uh, pursuing academic study yet staying grounded in who Jesus is and grounded in his faith and, and grounded in helping other people to understand that faith and I think through my life and I know that there's been times when my faith has been influenced both in terms of people and experiences of 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 my education of what I've learned in college and what I've read and what I've understood and discussions I've had with others and and the majority of those have by far been for the better as my faith has deepened my understanding of Jesus has grown and uh, in breadth and width and depth and uh, width and depth and and all kinds of things and I'm hugely grateful for that and there have 
definitely be times where where kind of milk has become solid food to use an analogy from Paul. But there have also been things, as I've studied, as I've reflected, that at times have muddied the waters, have have created rabbit holes to to go down and that have caused, um, uh, I guess, kind of questions to come up. And those questions are good and they're right and it's great to have them and to wrestle with them. And, And it's really important that we do when we have those questions that we feel that we can wrestle with them, that we can ask those questions that we can seek those answers but we need to ensure that we don't in that process lose in any sense that childlikeness that Jesus is referring to in this passage because there is something about children and the the almost the simplicity but not simplicity with which they approach Jesus or approach faith or approach the Bible that is so fundamentally important. But this passage is about so much more than just childlike faith. This is about the fact that having faith like a child, having that simplicity of faith, having that understanding of who Jesus is, not losing the wonder of who Jesus is, is fundamental to the kingdom of God. It's fundamental to understanding the kingdom of God and recognising the kingdom of God in the world. Because it's the antidote to cynicism and neglect of our faith and and, uh, and that sort of that sense of, I guess, kind of losing the wonder. The antidote is, is approaching Jesus like a child and saying, God, where have I muddied the waters where have I lost that sense of, wow, Jesus, you are amazing. Where have I lost that sense of wonder of his word? But that wonder that can also come with a delight in his word, that I can delight in his word. Yes, there are things in there for instruction and, and rebuking and teaching and building up. And yes, there are things for, for growing and developing and deepening our faith. And they are so vitally important. But the wonder and the joy that can be found in his word as we find Jesus himself. And we find that as we approach him as his children because this is key here because the key here is that Jesus is is reminding us reminding everybody around him in this passage of our adoptive nature of his sons and daughters this is this is moments around the time where Jesus has said that we can call him our father we can call God our father that we are accepted as his children that as we begin to approach him as children as we begin to understand our own Um, adoptive nature as sons and daughters of God that we see our identity changed as well we see our position changed because we then become people who where society is pushing the children away Jesus much like the passage in last week that we looked at last week as well as well is embracing those children pulling them up onto his lap where society is trying to push them away and is accepting them for who they are. Not only that, is blessing them, laying his hands on them, is showing his acceptance of them, and saying these children are precious in the kingdom of God. This morning, you are precious in the kingdom of God as a child of God. And our children too, are precious in the kingdom of God but not only are they precious but we can learn from them 
we can learn from them about what kingdom relationship with Jesus and with his word looks like. You know, at every baptism service uh, that I do for an infant or for a child, I say these words and I don't say them glibly and I don't say them with any lack of, of reverence, but I say them because they are true. That there have been moments in my life when I have learned so much more about God and his kingdom through my own children and the questions that they ask and the approach that they have to Jesus and the approach that they have to the Bible than I have through years of theological study at a college. There have been moments where where one question that they ask just inspires my faith. And we are in a season, I believe, as a church where we are being very much led by our children and young people. And it's no significance that it's some of our children and young people that are seeking to be baptised in the coming days and weeks. And it's, it's of no insignificance that our children and young people are hearing God prophetically. And it's no significance, it's no insignificance or coincidence that we seem to have with us at the moment a group of young people who just are inspired in their faith right now and are inspiring others. And there's nothing cute about that. This is really significant for us as a community, for us as a congregation, for us as a benefice to be willing to say, we're going to let these children lead us into what God is doing. Because they are speaking prophetically into our congregation right now. They are speaking prophetically into our benefice and we want to hear what they have to say. And we want to hear what God is saying through them. And we want to be inspired in our own faith through their leading. I mean, I certainly have been. You know, for me, as a father of children who are on that journey, but also as the leader of a church that within which there are children on that journey, I feel so, so blessed to be in this place right now, to be in a place where our children are taking the lead. And I think back to those youth workers and those people who had influence on my faith when I was a teenager. I think back to the people like Mark, who created opportunities for us as young people to to lead. You know, I, I generally think that the Church of England right now, the Diocese of Chichester, Chichester specifically, um, but also the, the Church of England, owes a huge debt to those leaders who led us when we were young people. And there are, I can count countless people who are vicars today, who are in ministry today, who are leading today, because there was a generation of leaders and adults who moved aside to let the young people and children lead and to, and to grow and to make mistakes and to, to, to grow in their passion for Jesus and their passion for scripture. And, and we were allowed to do that. We were allowed to ask our questions, to wrestle with our faith, but we were led in a way that we were inspired and not jaded by their baggage. Because I've no doubt they probably had baggage of, of church, of politics, of the world, but, but they didn't let that cause us to stumble in any way. And I want to ensure that as a church, as we seek to 
be inspired by our children and young people and their love for Jesus and their love for his word that we at no point in any way become a hindrance to them that we in no way become a stumbling block to them that we in no way become like the disciples or the people trying to push them away from Jesus but actually no we move them towards Jesus and we watch what Jesus does with them and we learn from him and from them what the kingdom of God really really looks like now that's a challenge for us it's a challenge because we need to embrace mess we need to embrace things not going perfectly we need to embrace thing embrace things changing we need to embrace the opportunity sometimes for us to move aside so that they can step up We need to acknowledge that perhaps our theology or understanding of what leadership looks like may have been wrong for a long time and that we need to allow them to lead. I, for one, feel very, very blessed to be in a season right now where that can happen. Where we as a church and actually as a whole benefice, because I'm seeing this at the school in St. Mark's and as hopefully over after half term, we're going to begin to uh, return back to our in-person services in church on a Tuesday morning. And I highly commend that when we do, you come along, because what we're hoping to see there also is children beginning to lead the way in that as well. That as we enter into this season Schools work becomes more and more paramount and and it's no coincidence that that somebody as I'm sat here now who 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 has a history of schools work and loves schools work and and the other day I wasn't going to share okay I wasn't going to share this but I'm going to share this and it will be emotional um because a couple of weeks ago I had a huge Holy Spirit encounter uh, a really significant Holy Spirit encounter I was here on a Tuesday morning uh, or Monday morning, can't remember what day it was actually, and I was just praying for God to to speak and reveal something about our ministry. We as a PCC had been reflecting through what our priorities are going to be over the coming weeks and months, and I was just aware that I was feeling um, a bit, uh, I guess, kind of, I don't really know what it was in terms of school's work, but just feeling really excited by schools work opportunities but also feeling slightly guilty for them because I was aware that they could potentially take up a huge amount of my time and was feeling like is that right is that the right thing Uh, have I pretty much just gone back to being a schools worker which is what I was before rather than a vicar Uh, and and is that balance right is is that right and as I was praying and as I was waiting God reminded me of some old prophecies that talked about um the, the importance of children in the kingdom of God, the importance of, of young people, uh, the importance of my ministry that I have with those children and young people, the significance of that. And I thought, well, that was very nice. That was very good. And then I was going about my, my normal routine, my normal day. Uh, and I was listening to worship music that uh, was on my computer playing on YouTube, but on a different screen. And at one point I just heard a song uh, being played and I thought this is beautiful I've not I've not heard this version of the song before so I thought I'd just click on the screen and just see who it was and there before me was was a stage of young children and youth leading worship and I just wept I just broke down and wept and just sensed God say this is what the kingdom of God is like and I felt this huge validation for the school's work ministry that we have in this parish and God saying it's no coincidence that he has called me into a parish that has five primary schools. And then from that day, 
uh, or in, in the in the course of a week, uh, it's now been the case that that I am involved in all five of those schools on at least a half termly basis, if not more. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that's a positioning. I think that's a positioning of the kingdom of God, raising up our children and young people and recognising for us as a benefice the importance of our schools in the building of the kingdom of God on earth. And I'm aware that it may not grow our church on a Sunday morning, but if it can grow the kingdom, then I believe it's worth investing in. And I think that our call this morning is to, to is twofold, really. One is to pray for our schools, but to pray for our children and young people, but to pray that from the place of our own identity as God's children. So it's almost like there's a journey here, a journey of prayer that we're calling you to this morning. As we're not meeting in person uh, this morning, we're not doing the baptisms this morning as we'd like to. Um, I think there's a call for you, for us as a church this morning and this this Sunday and through perhaps the course of the week. To go on a journey of first of all asking the question, is there, asking the question, is there anything that's hindering me as a child of God from being in wonder of Jesus and his word? So is there anything that I've taken on through study or through cynicism or through uh, being distracted by the world? Because it doesn't have to be academic study that distracts us. It can be uh, the, the events of the past 18 months. It can be theories that we've looked at online. It can be books that we've read. It can be shows that we've seen. It can be anything that, that's just distracted us or made it hard for us to accept that we're children and to see Jesus through eyes of wonder. So is there anything that's hindering me as a child of God to be in wonder of Jesus Uh, or to accept that he sees me as his child? And then secondly to ask, is there anything in me that would cause children to be hindered? Anything in, in what I say or do or my approach to children or or my approach to children leading in the church or or my approach to children sort of having prophetic gifting or any of those things. Is there anything in me or, or me as a parent that if you are a parent this morning and, and this goes for children of all ages, whether they're little or or grown up children. Is there anything in me that could hinder their their growth in faith, their seeing of Jesus in eyes of wonder am i in any way like that vicar in the cathedral projecting my own cynicism on the people before me or am i wanting to be more like the mark who can inspire others through their own love of jesus this is why this i mean is a journey of of these stages first falling in love with jesus and making sure that we're not hindering ourselves from from loving jesus and and secondly and accepting his love for us and secondly that we're not hindering others and then thirdly praying for our children and young people in this community from that place do you see i hope you see the progression that from that place of knowing that we are his children and that we are accepted and loved as his children and that we can see him with wonder through eyes of children see the kingdom of god that we don't hinder others and that when we are in that place of knowing that we're free of hindering others that we're not going to hinder others that we then commit to praying for our children and young people 
Uh, and also for those who are new in faith as well, I'm going to say, because those who are being baptised in a few weeks' time, uh, you know, for, for them, praying for them too. I don't want to overcomplicate or muddy the waters, but I, I really hope that there's a very obvious, clear progression uh, that's come from this passage <laughs> Uh, that shows it's much more than just thinking, aren't children great? Children are vital. They are, they are vital to our understanding of the kingdom of God. They are vital to our growing in that understanding and also our acceptance, really, of, of, of our own identity. So we can learn from them. Uh, and the challenges that that presents we just surrender to the Holy Spirit, say, come have your way amongst us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. But it does begin with that own sense of throwing off anything that hinders, either in intellect or in um, or things we picked up through our intellect or whatever it may be in the world. Anything that's muddied the waters for us and prevents us from just coming to Jesus for who he is and being in wonder of him again and knowing that we're accepted by him forgiven by him you know that's what genuine repentance is genuine repentance is is turning to jesus looking him full in the face and saying jesus i'm i'm sold out for you i'm here for you and and I've lived for other things but now I live for you and from that place I want to help others to live for you but particularly the children you've placed in my my care as a parent as a godparent as a grandparent as a as a just a, an older christian in the church I, I I want to make sure that I don't cause them to hinder I don't hinder them. I don't cause them to stumble. And that I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to commit to praying for them. I didn't plan to speak for this long. I didn't think I'd be able to speak for this long. I'm really sorry. Um, but I hope, I hope this morning has been a blessing. And I know that what Becky has for us in response worship is going to begin to help us in that journey. Um, and so why don't we just we, we just respond in worship as as Becky leads us and and takes us further into this journey this morning.